what made you think it was okay to disobey me and follow that little girl when I told you what time to be home? I don't understand why you are so gullible. You've got to start to understand how to sense when danger is afoot. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we get into You Had Two Jobs. I'll see you on the flip. The A part is a section of a conversation my mother had with me when I was a little kid, snatched from the memory of my mind. You see, I had gotten into a little kerfluffle. (laughs) I don't know what I was thinking to this day. This little girl that I really didn't know that much about, she convinced me against the wishes of my mother to come home to follow her, only to lead me into a little area where she proceeded to try to beat me up. And I suffered a few hits before, you know, I kicked her and got up and ran back home. And my mother was shaking her head, trying to understand the process. Um, Let me just say this. From then on, I think I might have been like eight, maybe, or seven. I was young. And my mom was like, I'm going to put the fear of God in you, that you you need to fear God than me and then everybody else. And I was thankful because my mother had mercy on me, but it taught me some things. And I was thinking about that uh, with uh, something that I uh, had encountered recently with someone. And I'm shaking my head like, why did you think that was a good idea? Couldn't you see danger was, you know, afoot? And then I, you know, got quickly reminded that I could not throw any kind of shade at anybody because, but for the grace of God and my mom, I, you know, I would I would have been the same way. So today I wanted to talk to you guys about this. And it's like, you had two jobs, two jobs. And with those quote unquote two jobs, what I'm talking about is this, um, that we come to this earth prepackaged with some basic software. Let's just be honest. Uh, of all the species, we are born um, the most dependable. I mean, um, de- dependent not dependable, dependent. And in our general installation of our software wiring, we have two fears that come innate in us. And those two innate fears as babies are the fear of falling and the fear of loud loud noises. And of course, we've heard that over the years. And if you haven't, it is true that those are the two prepackaged fears we have. And everyone goes on, and I'm not trying to say everyone is incorrect, but everyone goes on to say that all other fear you have to learn, you know, meaning that you learn fear uh, and that's a bad thing. And not everybody, but I'm going to just say this. Yes until no. And I'm saying yes until no because um, pediatricians and uh, scientists have gone on to say that the reason why we are born with these two fears, the fear of falling and loud noises, is because we have an immature nervous system. And so they counter that it is not that we should only fear those two things for the rest of our lives. They counter that, no, the reason why is because when you come here, you still have so much growing and maturing to do that those are the the best ones to keep a baby from, 
you know, falling to its death or uh, messing up the circuitry with how delicate their hearing um, and how connected that is to their mental processes is. And so it's kind of like, this is the base package. And we put in what it could handle because we know you've got to have some time to expand, grow, to get your downloads. And with that, I wanted to say this, that my mom asking me that question as a little kid, it, I could not even answer her. I was like, I don't know. <laughs> now, in hindsight, I do know because of how uh, lifespan development happens and with our brains and those types of things. But at the time, I had no clue why I disobeyed my mom and, uh, and, and why it didn't occur to me that this little girl has never been your friend. Why would you follow her and go the opposite direction of where your mother told you to go and to be? And so with this, um, it got me to thinking. So the other day, I'm listening to uh, uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. And uh, I was laughing. First of all, I was laughing because I think this was on one of the few times where he wasn't constantly interrupting someone. You know, Neil is fun to watch because his mind goes so fast. You can see his little his OCD kicking in and he just talks over everybody. But in this particular case, he did not. And I was able to um, uh, really get into it because I wasn't. And I'm not, when I say really get into it, I, I get into what, what Dr. Neal is saying. It's just that I wasn't distracted by n- the thoughts not being expressed. And so anyway, they were talking about vaccines. And that's a very controversial topic. And, you know, I'm always given the side eye when I... Uh, I see branding and programming afoot. (laughs) And I'm like, why is the astrophysicist talking about vaccines? Okay. And I mean, through the whole episode, there was nothing about his normal wheelhouse. And that might have been why he was so quiet. I don't know. But there was something that stood out that I... uh, I, I made note of, and it actually brought me back to the conversation that um, I had with my mom and uh, the observation of that young man who I was like, why would you have put yourself in such a strange ordeal? And okay, so let me let me just say this. I was uh, watching something and this young man had gotten beat up. He had, and it was a similar situation, but um, he was older and uh, he got beat up and they were like, why didn't his spidey senses go off? And I, you know, in hindsight, I was like, at first I was like, yeah. And then I had to remember, hmm, but for the grace of God and my mom, uh, I, you know, I could have been, you know, the same way. And um, so I'm watching Neil deGrasse Tyson and he's in, he's talking to this lady who is a Pulitzer Prize winning science writer and a uh, expert on, um, vaccines, world health, and those types of things. She is not a doctor, but she is well-versed and respected by the medical community. Okay. So I just want to put that out there. And her name is Lori Garrett. And she says this about our two jobs. And I loved it because I was like, "Mm, okay, wisdom just gave me a, a download, upload, whatever you want to call it, upgrade, whatever. And she said that As babies, we're programmed to have two jobs. Now, remember, we come here with two and eight fears, fear of falling and fear of loud voice, loud noises. And then we are we are tasked with two jobs as babies. And she said, number one, our first job is to observe 
listen like a sponge and take everything in around us to finish programming our language, hardwiring our brain processes and our emotional attachments. That's why, you know, they talk about holding babies and uh, allowing them, you know, it's amazing how babies, they rarely blink when they're looking at you. They can just hold that stare. You cannot win a stare down with a baby, especially like a little, uh, you know, right after that newborn, you know, when they get the, when they get the little feel, you know, they feel out and they're not so crinkly and, <laughs> and looking like a little space alien. Uh, no, babies are beautiful. But anyway, um, right at that point, that's when they are learning on super speed. Because remember, they're pre-packaged software is very limited. And so they're trying to take in everything they can and learn really fast. So that's job number one. And then job number two is this, pick up everything and stick it in your mouth, slobber all over it, lick it, you know, taste it. Everything goes into your mouth to start programming your immune system. And when she said that, I was like, how do you taste danger? Yeah, that was my question. You had two jobs to program yourself and then to uh, increase your immune system. But then I was like, okay, and and I'm not uh, saying this to to defute, uh, you know, dispute anything that she's saying. Um, I just wanted to know, how do you taste fear? And it came to me that as soon as I asked it, I was like, I remember as a little kid, I didn't realize that this was what they would call butterflies in the stomach, but that sick taste that would come up in the back of your throat and you would start to feel queasy or uneasy. Yep. That was danger. And, um, I, I didn't, um, I didn't grasp it at the time, but there were certain things that I just did not like as a child. I was like, no matter how you try to give it to me, I'm just not eating it. I'm not doing it because it would make me sick. And lo and behold, we we came to notice that uh, through uh, through observation, uh, science, and those types of things, that part of our immune system is made in conjunction with our senses to help us understand and feel danger. And thus, we have the connection from our brains and our vagus nerves within our our belly area, solar plex area, where you quote unquote get the butterflies in your stomach. And that's where we started or should have started to develop our quote unquote gut instinct. Malcolm Gladwell does a great job of describing this in the wild in his book, Blink. And he talks about how usually your first impression is the one that is going to protect you. It's not that he's saying that it's always going to be the one where you are right, but it is made foremost for protection and and, uh, preservation. And so when we looked at our upbringings and those types of things, a lot of times they were for the purpose of keeping us here, uh, helping us survive. And I was like, oh, okay. Now, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all, 
even like today, I'm 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 actually I've I've actually been trying to get myself together because I've got some allergy situations going on. And I was like, I cannot be sneezing and all of this kind of stuff. And so yeah, I'm in the press. But I am also doing things to help expose myself uh to more uh irritants so that my body can can grow and um get over you know, these, these particular allergies. And so it was like, oh my gosh, we are always doing these two jobs. And that was the thing, that was the big wisdom smack. The big wisdom smack was instead of um, thinking that everything we needed to know in that time span of uh, the two jobs of a baby to observe and listen and and grow and to strengthen our immune system, is also an ongoing thing where we continue to build upon and update and, and upgrade and download information and, and do those types of things. And so what has fear got to do with it? Well, the one thing that I realized when you superimpose those two innate fears that you come here with, with those two jobs that you have, there is a uh, blatant wisdom and elegance of how we are designed, this master design. And you know what it is? Well, as I understand it, it has, it has, I can't even talk you guys. And as wisdom has displayed it right now is this, that through this understanding of a, a preservation of not being startled and not killing yourself while you're here, those fears help to keep us um, ready to do our jobs better. And when you look at fear from this standpoint, it gets to be where you start to understand that fear has its purpose and it's not always the bad guy. Fear as a friend, and when I say as a friend, and I've said that before on other podcasts, takes on a different uh, understanding. Fear as a friend it does not uh, prevent you. It makes you more self-aware. It strengthens your awareness and it helps you to do your job better. And that is for self-preservation and for growing. And so I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the situation where, you know, I heard the young man, I'm, you know, reminiscing of, you know, don't point no fingers because you are, you still, you know, you're guilty of this too when you were a kid. And then um, the two two fears that we come prepackaged with and how they are just the jump off point of where we are continuing to learn fears as our nervous systems are able to handle them. And then hearing this lady talk about our two jobs as babies. And I am not going to uh, say that I understand everything, but it was like this wisdom smack just came and it was like, what I'm trying to tell you, nut, <laughs> is... That, yes, you come here with these fears, but these are simply due to the amount or capacity of fear that you can understand at that time. As you continue to grow, you need to understand that the more complex your brain is, the more mature you go through, the more experience you have, you should be able to understand more things. My mother did go on to say when she was laughing after I was scared out of my mind and she put the fear of God in me for her. She was like, well, I bet you won't be following anybody 
uh, without asking questions or letting me know where you're going anymore, will you? And I was like, no, ma'am, I will not. And to this day, I have a healthy appreciation for sketchy situations. Y'all, I am not the person that is going to be going into the dark cave just because somebody dared me or they said it's going to be fun. I'll be like, bless your heart, you go on. I'm going to be down here uh, chilling at the coffee shop, you know, or whatever. (laughs) And and I believe it was because during that time, and I still remember her name. And you know what? I'm going to call your name out, Sharon A. You know you were wrong for that. I did nothing to provoke you. And you hit me and kicked me. Okay, let me come back. Let me get it back together, y'all. Because this is not about me and Sharon A. No, this is about us understanding our two jobs. If nothing else, our two jobs as we are here that are couched in wisdom, self-preservation, and self-knowing and knowledge is to understand that we must always be continuing to observe, listen, and learn everything around us for programming, for continuing to wire our brains. And the lady used the term hardwire, but as a as a neuroplasticity fan and component, and that's just a fancy word for saying that our brains are always growing. So those little curvatures that you see in brains, those are uh, those indentations, those are synapses, and that is the imprint of the brain learning something. And it etches those grooves in as you learn new stuff. And that is why we have said in previously in this podcast and in uh, Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit, you can never really forget or unlearn a habit. You can uh, counterbalance it by another habit, but that old habit is still going to be there. That's another reason why a lot of people take this philosophy about their addiction journey, that they're like, I'm an addict who uh, must remember to daily strengthen and feed the other wolf you know, the, the, the good wolf, not the bad one. And uh, so there are so many different things that come into context with this, but going through and understanding that our gut, our instinct is always being built and shaped, going through and understanding that the jump off point, when we get here, we come pre-packaged with understanding, don't fall, it'll kill you. And when you hear a loud voice, it usually denotes danger. And then looking at our jobs and understanding that, yes, we should observe, listen, learn to continue to grow our programming in our language, in our wiring of our brain. And we should also, and this is the thing, now she was talking about immune immunity and um, and those types of things because she was there to talk about vaccines. But what I heard was, is of course, when she said, you know, pick up everything, stick it in your mouth to program your immune system. As an adult, we don't do that. But what we do is we are very tactile. Uh, we use, we depend so heavily on our senses that we don't understand how much of our world we're continually in, um, interacting with. Um, when I um, do my online trainings and my courses um, as a person trained in how to uh, do curriculum for adults and children, and I'm taking, well, I only teach adults at this particular time, but I still have to take from the pedagogical understanding where we get pedia, child, adolescent, of the 
tactile, hands-on touch, um, that we never leave that training. Yes, we can definitely throw in some anthropological, you know, meaning theory. We can definitely put in theories of things, but when you really want to continue to learn something, most uh, most times, if you give people application, if you give them an experience to test drive it, to do it on their own, or even do it as they learn, they continue to grow. And it is because of these two jobs we came here with. Look and learn, observe. And then for babies, they put it in their mouths because they don't really have the strength, the dexterity, and the complexity of uh, their senses developed to do all the other stuff that we do. But our equivalent of hands-on training, our equivalent of experience, our equivalent of documenting what we do, writing recipes down, steps, and those types of things is the equivalent of a baby putting something in their mouth because they're able to take in a lot of information. Um, One of the things that I had to learn when I was learning these stages about learning for little babies was that they're not sticking stuff in their mouth because they think it's tasty. They're sticking things in their mouth so that they can figure out what is this? What does it do? And that was like a boom, you know, a light went off for me. And so going through and, and, and understanding that we never stop being that child. I've talked many times about having a beginner's mind when you want to live the life that you want. This, this actually is a wisdom hack that you can go to if you ever, and this is, you know, in my, in my last little time that I have with you today, If you ever want to know how to achieve something that you've never had before, go back to the basics and understand your two jobs and your two innate fears and start from there. Those fears, like I said before, keep you from killing yourself and keep you understanding danger. And they help to strengthen your gut. They help to strengthen that innate ability to succeed, to thrive, to stay away from danger. In my case, I had to strengthen them (laughs) because I had to learn how not to be so freaking gullible and how not to override those senses. Um, Because in some kids, I'm just going to say it, you you can tell the ones that they're very strong in those areas they flinch when you look at them. They look at you funny, like, I don't know, you don't touch me. Uh, <laughs> and all of those little things. And then some, they're happy. They don't go to anybody. And you're like, oh my God, they're such a trusting, you know, trusting baby or whatever. And I I think I was probably on the, the latter side, but I had to quickly learn and uh, up my game. And it was uh, thanks to my upbringing and my experiences where I, I wasn't remedial. Once I, once, I, once I got in trouble, I started to understand how to sense and obey that little uh, butterfly in your stomach and, and those th- things. And it became something that I was like, wow, I didn't realize that. Now, in hindsight, I didn't realize that my mom, as a child sociologist, was really helping me to be able to have strong foundations because I keep dipping back into this pool of how to succeed, how to grow, and how to be the best expert on being me that I can. And so I want to leave you with this, and that is, 
in this life, you're going to have troubles. You're going to have conundrums. You're going to have things that you just don't understand if it's for you or not. There have been many times when I'll get a a friend or a client who will contact me. And the only reason why they want to talk to me is because they want to unpack and walk through whether something is for them or against them. And so many times people don't realize that whenever you endeavor to do something, if you have any get up and go about yourself, if you will succeed and grow and become the best version of yourself, you are going to face those times when they are um, emotional force in the road. Either, either way looks all right. You know, there have been times when folks have had to decide between which person to commit to romantically, which job to take, um, which way to go with uh your business, um, which child to discipline when they all look guilty. I'm, I'm, I'm being funny. That one was a funny one. But there are going to be times when it is not so evident and cut and dry. And these are the times that make or break your continued forward momentum. And so when you have times that you need some wisdom, when you have times when you want to succeed, you want to go forward, you want to do things you've never done before. Remember, you had two jobs when you came here and they have not changed. And and the reason why I know that you can do it is because you had two jobs and you had two and eight fears. Those fears helped you to, to do your job better because fear uh, should be treated as a friend of respect. It should not be treated as a foe of domination. Um, yes, we talk about conquering fears, but I'm gonna I'm gonna couch that into this. It's one thing to conquer. It's another thing to negotiate your fear because fear is always gonna be there. And if you quote unquote conquer it, that means that you're an adversary, an adversarial position to it. And it's just gonna come back faster and, and, and stronger. And so we need to negotiate our fear and respect it and understand that yes, I'm very fearful. And I'm going to look for the wisdom of what fear is trying to show me. Because there are times when you have you should have a healthy respect of fear to not do something, and you should have a healthy respect of fear to allow you to understand when you need to be cautious about doing something, but you still need to do it. Um, when we think about little kids growing up, the stove is hot. Fear as a friend should let you know the stove is hot. What's what's the information? If you touch that stove, you're going to be burned and it's not going to be good. Whereas, now, y'all don't laugh at me, but I, I'm, I'm being real here. I had a fear as a little kid of the vacuum cleaner. Don't know why. It was very irrational, but the sound just did something to me. And I remember <laughs> my mom wouldn't torture me or anything, but, you know, if she told me go sit down, she turned the vacuum cleaner on and I would sit down. <laughs> and that fear was showing me that there are going to be elements and things in my world where they are discordant to the harmony. And I needed to learn what those felt like, what they sounded like. And uh, it was embedding and programming in me how to be aware of the things that are out of line, out of order, you know, that I should be aware of. And so taking all of that and looking back over uh, my world and my life, you had two jobs, beloved, and they are jobs that will keep you here. They will help you to continue to grow. They will also help you 
to achieve and to become the wisest person you can about you. And those jobs are to always be listening, learning, observing, and then testing and trying and doing. The light bulb went off on me uh, in my head um, when I was younger because I was too out of whack. I was all about theory and learning and I was gluttonous on information. And I had to stop and say, when was the last time I put any of this into practice? And it wasn't until I started getting the tacit knowledge. That's the street knowledge. uh, That's the doing it putting what you learn to use knowledge that I truly started growing and succeeding. And it went right back down to those two jobs. It The lady said, first you learn, observe, and then you go and do something. So updating this to adult think are two jobs, learn, observe, and do. Be uh, mindful. When you're looking at your fear, take the fears of the fear of falling death and um, the fear of loud noise is danger and make sure that you obey and uh, make them as a friend of counsel, a friend that says either danger run Will Rogers or a fear of be cautious here because there is some treachery ahead and you are going to see how you start to catapult and remember at all times, if you're doing your job right, you are increasing your gut instinct, your blink moments that Malcolm Gladwell talks about. And you are going to propel yourself into the life, the destiny, the future that you want. So do not, do not try to make this more complicated than it is. You had two jobs. They haven't changed. They've just gotten more advanced. Make use of them and understand that what is for you is for you. But You have to understand how to make it where you don't crash and burn or do harm to yourself and others. So guess what? Yes. Oh, yes. My time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your practical priestess of wisdom with another daily podcast of Wisdom Smack. Yes, this is episode number 196, getting up to 200 real soon. Check the show notes. So please consider supporting us with our Amazon link at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ and check the show notes for the books mentioned. And guess what? I'm going to have to see y'all tomorrow. Have a wonderful rest of your day, beloved. Talk to you soon. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.